about a once great football club. And Matthew, if we didn't think our season could get any worse, we get hit with the news on Friday morning that perhaps the most beloved player on this current playing list uh, and would be up there with one of the most universally loved players of all time, Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody has come to the decision to hang up his boots. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think like everyone, it's uh, sad to see. I, I think most people... Um, would agree that you know had all things been equal for him, uh, he still had probably had some some really good footy to uh, to to give and 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 to put on show. And what I find saddest is I watched him for the last time live or even on TV, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's that's probably where it hurts the most was he, he just didn't know it was actually going to be his last game. I think I think he might have got injured. It was a game where he got injured, so. Um, yeah, it, it's or perhaps he was playing with an injury and we didn't see his best. But um, no, nah, certainly uh, uh, it was a sad day for for football, but not just for Essendon, for football really. If we if we ever think back at actually where he's come from, it is an incredible effort by the young man, and of course, um, a lot of kind of kudos needs to go to his mother um, or the the lady he calls mum, not his biological mum, but um, essentially the lady who adopted him and, and brought him to Melbourne. Um, you know, an incredible story of a kid from the Tiwi Islands. And I remember reading an article in the in the Herald Sun about just the type of poverty that he was living with and where he was. And um, for him to get to Melbourne, because functionally he wanted to go to school. He wanted to get an edu- education. And Josh Marnie said on the um you know from the rooms that when he arrived in melbourne he couldn't read or write and he was already a teenager at that point from my understanding so for him to go from such humble beginnings and make not only something of himself but really do something that thousands perhaps even millions of us aspire to do but never get the opportunity to for you know lack of hard work or talent or whatever just a really, really incredible story. Mm. I think um, it, it'll. I don't think it'll ever do him justice. The fact that he never got uh, an All Australian. Did he get a nomination? But you know, never got a selection because it was for a, for a period there. I thought he was probably the best small forward uh, in the in the comp. Maybe around that seventeen, eighteen. Uh, and obviously, I'm biased being an Essen supporter, but um, <clears throat> it, it is. And I, yeah, like you said, it's just an incredible uh, backstory. But also, um, you know, you hear of the work he did from when he arrived at Essendon as a VFL player um, to to actually get on the list. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, one of those ones where it was like, so, you, what am I trying to say here? Just just the, how talented uh, he was and how incredible it was that, you know, he hadn't sort of slipped he slipped through, um, but j- just that, yeah, just that realization. This was someone who genuinely had all the talent in the world, um, but it was when he put in the hard work and the and the effort, and, and such a nice and lovely person, uh, and then see it all come to fruition for him so quickly, uh, and at both ends of the ground. Because I remember in twenty sixteen, he actually started half back uh, at half back, yeah, in the back pocket. It was a tough, 
uh, tough backman who could break lines and then went up forward and uh, we were sort of thinking, what the, what the heck? He's so good down back. Why would uh, we move and, him forward? And then yeah. he went forward and started to dominate. <laughs> and he dominated. So uh, I think on his day, he, almost probably one of the most unstoppable players in the league. Like he, That's how good he, he could be on his day. So, um, look, he's not – he wasn't – he never got to Eddie Betts' heights, right? Because no. I think Eddie Betts is well regarded as, as potentially the best small forward ever to play the game. Um, but, I mean, if his career wasn't cut short, he had the potential to be up there. I mean, he'll be he'll be in Essendon folklore forever just by nature of his ability to chase and tackle and, and almost sneak up on players. I mean, that that's certainly my favourite memories of Tipper, is him running people down from behind. It's never his goals and his shimmies and whatever. It's always running, chasing someone through the middle of the MCG and then a diving tackle. Like um, that Anzac Day one on, on that Collingwood flog, whoever he was. Um, you know, those sorts of things are certainly his pressure acts. Certainly my favourite memories of Tipper. Yeah, I, I think um, with the best call there would... Pardon me. Would Peter Dacos, um, he might disagree with you uh, on that one, being the, the greatest ever small forward, but two different eras. Um, I think what you what you love from Tipper as well, obviously very, very talented player, but very rarely, if ever, um, was there, you know, some small forwards, they can, if, if they're not kicking goals, uh, maybe it's, it's not so prevalent in, in this day and age particularly after the Richmond era, but didn't he, – he, he, you know, it wasn't like – he wasn't kicking goals. He wasn't giving us anything else. And normally, you know, he'd be around the ball, pressure acts, like you said. Uh, didn't have to put four through just to have an impact. Mm. Um, but, like, I think the only time where he looked potentially lazier off his day was when he was, was, when he was injured and, and probably carrying something we just didn't know about or – uh, the mm-hmm. club was sort of, you know, he, he was that important to our team. We just needed him to play a little bit underdone. So, um, but so you know, a guy you just you just were happy to see do well for for yep. so long. So, um, I agree, I agree. And look, I for me, I wish that he'd been a premiership player at Essendon. I think the talent, the you know, the career that he deserved, he didn't get. Um, you know, he had time on his side, but obviously not the desire to continue playing. And good luck to him in his in his next phase of his career. But geez, what a what a sad day for our football club. And as as everyone at the football club has always said, he will be an Essendon person forever. He will be an Essendon legend forever. Um, but in my own selfish way, I wanted to see more of Tipper. I'm I'm not ready for him to hang up the boots. He might be, but I'm not. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, um, but you know, could hopefully he does a Shane Mumford on us and says, you know, just reflects after a bit of time and goes, "Hang on, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not done after all." So, uh, which would be, I mean, that's very wishful thinking, but no, uh, same as you, I, you know, wish him uh, only nothing but the best, and um, yeah, I'm sure he'll on to his next pursuit, whatever it is, he'll have great success with that. So, thank you, Tipper. Pressure
2014 was the last time we beat this mob. And frankly, right now, I don't know that I'll ever see us beat Richmond again. We haven't what did you Richmond. think of what you saw of the game? You, sorry, you tell me we haven't beaten Richmond in eight years. Or nine, in eight years, we have not beaten Richmond. Wow. Wow. That is... Uh, that's that's uh, that's quite insulting. Um, or embarrassing, I, I should say. Uh, what did I make of the game? Look, mo- <laughs> not much as I do most weeks uh, these days. So, um, oh, look, maybe we showed a little bit more spirit this week. But still just... Um, yeah, it's really one extreme to another, isn't it? We we played try to play such a structured, methodical way of playing, and then sort of come this week and it's like just kick it a two meter Peter and, and bomb it inside fifty. And um, I don't know if we were perhaps a little bit reactive after the media show last week, and maybe that wasn't a bad thing. Um, I, I I will give a dislike a little bit later about Nank the Tank just getting stuck into Nick Bryan after his first goal, like. Pull your head in, but hey, it was actually good to see some blokes uh, get in and, and fly, fly the flag, flag a, a little bit. So, uh, look, there won't be much to uh, to analyse this week because <laughs> there's more of the same rubbish. But um, you know, yeah. Look, the, so so I have two issues with with the football club and where it's at right now. A lot of the nuffy groups, uh, everyone's saying, and in fact, you know, members of the Don Father family. Uh, being the Don father himself, the Don mother, uh, Laura, many people. Yeah, you know what? It was a better effort. Let's be honest, Matthew. Let's be perfectly honest. If we want to break the cycle of mediocrity, I don't give a fuck about effort. For me, all that matters is wins and losses. And why do you need to have a terrible start to the season and get slammed by the media to produce an effort that, as far as I am concerned, should be the bare minimum of your performance week in, week out. I don't even think the effort was that good. It was just the effort against Sydney was so poor that any increase on that was a better effort. And that's what we saw against Richmond. I wasn't pleased with the effort. It was just better. And we just didn't get allow ourselves to be walked over by the opposition whenever they str- tried to start a fight. That's That was... My frank assessment of the entire game. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I don't disagree with you in any regard. Um, I was just saying it was an improvement. Uh, I was just trying to pull it. Uh, I mean, are you clutching at straws a bit? Yeah, maybe I am. Um, but that's the nature of where we're at at the moment. Uh, and um, you know, what's, what's, uh, you know, ten years ago, uh, we didn't obviously didn't have this show, but we're in such a dark spot with the whole drug saga and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that carried on for what four or five years, uh, and then we seem to. I would say twenty seventeen. So that happened in twenty thirteen, obviously the twenty twelve season, but it happened in twenty thirteen, and twenty seventeen was the first year of football where I felt like we got to just go and watch the footy again, where it was all done, everyone had been suspended, all that stuff was finished, and we got to watch our team again with no baggage. Mm. What I'm saying, it feels like we are. I don't know if we're as dark as we were back then, but um, feel pretty pretty dire at, at the moment about Essendon. You know, I 
I said this in um in one of the group one of the Nuffy Facebook groups. Um, I think honestly, like since round one, I have not looked forward to watching or going to an Essendon game this season, because ultimately, footy supporting footy is supposed to be fun, right? You're supposed to go and on the day, enjoy a good game of footy, win or lose, etc., etc. Like, get excited about your team. I haven't enjoyed one game of footy this year. Um, I haven't gone into a game looking forward to it. And we're not even halfway, and I am burnt out with football. Um, I'm not excited about the season prospects. And I haven't seen anything from the group at all that shows me signs that we're moving forward. And we're in we're in a good position as as a football club. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I tend to agree. My my interest levels are definitely waning. I I believe there'd be there'd be a few uh, supporters in that, but obviously you know you're going to stick through it and uh, stick fat. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just getting more and more frustrating. I, I, what's frustrating is that there doesn't seem to be a method or direction, like, exactly. a, like I and mean, we've said it so many times, but that you know, this was, uh, and it's almost getting cliche now. Like you know, twelve months ago, we're losing games, yes, but we saw a method, we saw direction, we saw hope, we saw okay, th- there is something there for us. And maybe look, it, there's every chance, uh, and hopefully, it's just a, a, a case of the second year blues for a lot of guys, even for our head coach. Um, but it's uh, it, in trying to do. No, too much or trying to be perfect. Uh, it's almost like we've actually gone and done nothing um, over a whole preparation period in, in, in terms of uh, trying to develop. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a, a one step forward, two steps back sort of well, scenario. Well, we don't <laughs> look any field. fitter than last year, mm. which is part one. Yeah. We actually look uh, much less fit if I'm honest. So we don't look any fitter. The game plan doesn't look any clearer. We're not. Def- There's no aspect of our game that we're better at than we were last year. Mm-mm. So what did what did we do for six months over preseason? What what was the purpose of that long period of time of training? Um, you know, we we harp on and on about our injury management, and frankly, I I think it's appalling. Um, but we harp on and on about how bad they've been and how it's cost us really a clear run at the season. But given how we're playing, I can't see what difference Langford, Stringer, etc., Snelling, etc., would have made um, if they're still plugging into this game plan and part of this group providing the kind of putrid effort that we've seen. Admittedly, not against the Tigers. It was a better effort. But yeah, I can't see how they being fit makes a difference. Okay. So, yeah, I, you're saying the actual system is broken regardless yeah. of the personnel, which I, I would tend to agree with it at, at this point. Yeah. Um, because the the whole purpose of Rutten coming across was he was supposed to be a defensive coordinator. And our defense has not improved since he's been here. Uh, and we're playing football akin to 2020 uh, when the wheels fell off after our first six wins. We What did we do? Did, we drew one game and won one game for the next 11 rounds, which was the entirety of the season. Yeah, we all figured it out. Yeah, look, I, 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 with with Truck, um, 
I, I'm not ready to throw the towel in on him. Like I, I think the, the downside to him is he just, I mean, like like any um, new head coach, he's just so inexperienced in terms of actual senior coach, like being the the head coach. Mm. Um, and I mean, uh, look, uh, you can. I mean, Longmire won one in his his, first, but he was. I mean, in fairness to Truck, he's taking over a much less mature group. Because, um, we, like we've seen across at other clubs, there have been coaches that have come in their first few seasons and won flags or gone deep. Um, but I think they've had a little bit more mature lists. Well, with with Tipper's retirement, I would say we were third bottom for we had the third youngest list. Um, I would say with Tipper's retirement, we now have the second or first youngest list with the least average games. Well, here's the, I mean, and and I mean, we've had this discussion as well, but Sydney and Freo aren't far off us, and and you know, compare and contrast there. But my point yeah, was, the, I... the thing with with Freo and Sydney is Sydney's experienced talent is way better than ours. They're premiership winners. Yeah. So, oh, cool. uh, Frio is is a better analogy for us. Um, but having said that, has Fife won one or two Brownlows? Two. Two. two, I think. Two, I think. So, um, I mean, he hasn't been playing this year. But, um, you know, I would say that Frio have, have well and truly gone past us, mm. um, as have Carlton. But I think Carlton, I would argue that Carlton's age profile is a little bit ahead of ours, and they've got a lot of talent on the list. They've got, you know, three, two or three number one picks and then a couple of extra top 10 picks in terms of Mackay and that sort of thing. So they're, our list in three or four years will be where theirs is now, if that makes sense. Well, terms- it, if we all develop it at the rate in which we expect. But my, no, my no, point- in terms of the talent saturation, not not necessarily, I, I don't really have faith in our, our group to be able to develop them properly. But we're talking about Reed, Cox, Perkins, Hobbs, those sorts of players, Caldwell coming through together. Yeah. So, but what, what the point I was going to make, uh, I, I don't feel like in the coach's box, there is actually a guy in there who has been there, done that, seen it all. Mm-hmm. So, I guess at uh, Richmond, uh, they had Neil Balm come in. Is it Neil Balm? Yeah. Yeah, director um, of footy. Yeah. Melbourne, uh, they had uh, Choco Williams, who is actually Dylan Shields' father in law. So, I wonder if uh, could be a bit of a ring uh, to uh, well uh, father-in-law too, but I wonder. Uh, it's his partner's dad. I don't know if they're married or engaged or what. Whatever. Um, but I, I there's there really isn't any there isn't anything like that. I mean, and Mark Harvey sort of stepped out. I don't know if Mark Harvey was that sort of guy, um, but there's no one there who's been there, done that, seen flags, knows what it takes, uh, and, and you know. Um, Knows what so and like the only other young coach we've had, or well, we had Knights and Heard, but when Heard came in, uh, you know, he had Bomber Thompson right there sitting beside him, who had been there and done that. So that's right. Um, I, I think that's something perhaps that's lacking in the in the coach's box is there isn't someone who's seen it all, you know, someone for truck to lean on. Um, A senior assistant. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure Kara and uh, Gian Saracusa are as capable as anyone uh, in terms of assistant coaching, but none of them held a senior coaching position before. Uh, and mm. from understanding, they're still quite uh, young in terms of their coaching experience. 
Um, well, Cara's been around Geelong and um, Richmond for flags. Okay. And, I'll, I'll, and maybe I I'm wrong Collingwood then. in 2010, I think. Yeah, you could actually be, I could be wrong on that. Um, but, but nonetheless, not been a... Not a, a, not a senior, senior premiership coach. Not a, yeah. not a... I mean, Bomber Thompson ended up being a disaster. But not a Choco Williams, that type. Well, uh, yeah, I, the Bomber situation was extenuating uh, circumstances there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think he has that sort of... Those old shoulders uh, to... to Old head um, to sort of lean on and, and sort of direct him. And uh, it's hard. I think that would be very hard... Um, to navigate yourself out of. Um, look, hopefully he's got mentors and people he can lean on, uh, you know, outside of the football club. But I think that's something we would need to address uh, coming into next season. I don't think it's time for his head. Um, I, there's, but, yeah. He's got a lot of attributes that I really like. He seems mm. really emotionally intelligent um, and he seems willing to learn, right? Doesn't seem stubborn. Uh, he acknowledges the fans, you know, there, there's a lot of things I like about Rutten. Um, the only thing I don't like is is results. There's been mm. no, imp- for me, there's been no improvement. Um, and the fact that, I, I get that we overachieved last year and we probably shouldn't have made finals. Um, but on the back of that performance, I expected a similar standard, if not similar results. And I expected some improvement given our list got better um, and we had another six months to work on our game plan mm. and improve it. And it just hasn't been the case. We have legitimately, in every aspect of the game, gotten worse. Mm. Well, well, that's the thing. It's just been a complete breakdown of, of everything we've built over the last 12 months. So mm-hmm. um, that's what's most concerning. Um, I wonder, I, mean, I don't know because I don't see truck uh, in the four walls, but I, I wonder if, he, is he perhaps too friendly? Um, like, why has it come to? Firstly, <laughs> if you're playing a Saturday game and you've got full time uh, athletes, why are you doing a full mouth guards in training session on Thursday? I would have thought that's um, probably a bit late in the week to be doing that, two, 48 hours out from game day. Um, but, like, has there been. Has there been too much friendliness around the place? I don't know. It's pure speculation. That's a, that's a criticism that's of Essendon since post-drug saga, is that the club is, is too nice and that the players... And even though Brasher did say at the end of 2020, that's not the case anymore, um, I get the impression that there's not enough mongrel in the group. Yeah, I think that is that sort of um, new age coach um, sort of phenomenon but i think that's you know the way new age coaches are moving and i think truck will lead the way there you know a little bit more emotionally intelligent you know don't want to lead through fear um but but i do think there's an element particularly when you're coaching uh men or you know and this in the context of afl most of them are, or at least at SNN, most of them are still boys or very young men you know they're very you know 20 i'm uh, not even 25 yet so very very young, and and I think as a, you're in a mentoring capacity like what coaching is, um, you do need to be firm at times and need to know that, okay, I'm not exactly your friend, um, but I'm here to support you, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and maybe, you know, through his sort of, I, it's a pure speculation, but I, I don't know 
is it too much of that friendliness? Uh, look, that's actually probably unfair to say to say your coach isn't your friend, but you know what I mean. He, he mm. I, yeah, I, I just wonder if we've gone too friendly and, and let's say too supportive, but danced around honesty in favour of not hurting feelings for the and, and that hurting fit would be for the sake of improvement, you know, not not for the sake of knocking someone down. I think. Um... I think that's a case-to-case basis. I think mm. sort of the art of coaching and the art of leadership is knowing who needs a carrot and who needs a stick, right? Mm. Um, like, I feel like, and, and this is purely um, objective from the outside, I feel like someone like Jake Stringer needs a bit of a stick and I feel like someone like uh, Dylan Scheel might need a bit of a carrot. So I think... The you need to be able to judge the the players in the playing group that you have, um, and each individual and what's going to motivate them. That's that's ultimately the art of coaching. How do you get the boys playing together? How do you get the most out of each person? Um, my mm. my criticism or my um, sort of thoughts is perhaps that we are trying to force a game plan on a group that is not suited for the game plan. Right, so, uh, and this happens in soccer a lot, where you try and play a game style that you don't have the players for. Um, so, is Truck potentially creating this defensive game plan um, and taking away most of the list's natural attributes? Um, you know, like Dylan Shield, we know naturally he's not a defensive player; he's very attacking, um, and that's where his strengths lies. Uh, is is truck doing a good idea of analyzing our list and where it's at and then creating a game plan that suits them rather than trying to force them into a game plan that doesn't suit them if that makes sense yeah i i get you he's sort of you know uh, got an idea of on so i think football should be played but um, i might not necessarily have the cattle uh, to do that but um in 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 a lot of fairness as well we've had um well, Stringer hasn't played much. Uh, Snelling hasn't played much. Tipper hasn't played a game all year. Uh, Harrison Jones also has played what? One? No, I don't think he has he hasn't played, played any games in the season. Yeah, so th- I think if, if we go into our, re- you know, it's four or five, four of, of our top five goal kickers uh, haven't from last year haven't haven't played. One retired. Uh, yeah, well, we haven't haven't really played too much footy this year, which uh, for any game plan doesn't help <laughs> when the guys who uh, you I, need to to, to to do some heavy lifting, uh, aren't there? Bar but... Stringer, I don't know that any of those guys would have made ultimately a difference because of how poor our defense of the ground has been. Really? Like, I, I just don't oh, see... Oh, Kyle Hooker's in there as well, obviously retired. Yeah, yeah. I don't see them getting any opportunities to score because our ball movement has been woeful. Um, and we we just haven't had a constructive or a coherent game plan. Mm. So I'll actually get that right. It was Stringer, Tipper, Hooker. Uh, Tipper and Hooker haven't played. Peter Wright, who's obviously been there this year, and Harrison Jones uh, filled out a top five. So literally four of the top five haven't played more than uh, five games. But I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, um, it's probably a fair comment, but yeah, it would be hard... Um, the way we're playing wouldn't have made a difference. 
Uh, yeah, ultimately what I'm saying... I don't know if it would get us more wins than what we've got. Yeah, ultimately what I'm saying is it's not um, not taking our opportunities that's that's costing us. We're not generating opportunities. Mm. Mm. That, that's fair. I, I think that's a fair comment, yeah. But, I, you know, I look, a fit stringer makes a huge difference. He He's definitely our X-Factor player. Fit stringer makes a huge, huge difference. But I would also argue that you shouldn't have one player that is so crucial. If you've got a good system and a good team, you shouldn't have one player that is that important. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, I agree. agree. Because um, talent is talent, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at a Richmond and, and for a, a, a period, that, although it's very hard to do this, if you could stop Martin, you could essentially stop Richmond, which is very hard to stop Martin. Until um, they became a premiership winning team. Yeah, well, well, yeah, it became a little bit. But even then, they, they, you know, during the season, uh, if, if teams could get on top of Martin, generally Richmond uh, didn't do as well. Yeah. Um, so even for the best sides. I think Melbourne are probably a little bit different just because they've got so much talent everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, thinking about just recent teams are doing well. But, um, yeah, no, I, you do want to, yeah, of course you want to spread the load and play a systematic way. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it is hard to do. It, it is very much easier said than done. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually considered that there was a way we were trying to play that perhaps doesn't suit our list. Maybe you're right. Um, if if you look at our if you look at our play, our strengths, right? You look at Hind off halfback, Redman off halfback. Um, both really dashing attacking players. You're playing McGrath off halfback, a really dashing attacking player. They they excel at moving the ball quickly, but our game plan seems to want to mark and methodically kick the ball forward and get opportunities that way. But we don't have skilled players. We're not drafting players that their strength is kicking, and we're not developing their ability to kick the ball. Um, and ultimately, we don't have... The marking targets, Peter Wright, if um, if he gets double teamed, we've got no one else taking marks and creating that sort of opportunity for us to then move the ball slowly. We don't have the skills that Melbourne have. Um, and I mean, this is a professional football environment. You should be able to hit your teammates with 20 metre kicks. I understand that pressure makes a difference, but... Um, we're not a skilled football team. Just watching the game last night, the amount of clean handballs that Richmond had compared to us, I, Richmond's handballs went straight to their teammates, ours at their shins, over the top. So many poor, messy handballs, just low, low skill, um, just poor skill errors, which ultimately cost us turnovers. Yeah, and uh, well, I find it hard to believe that a player gets to that level and can't kick. Effectively, mm. um, and 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 if not, and perhaps there's another hole in our in our coaching staff that uh, we very tactically, perhaps tactically astute and got an idea of how we want to play, but um, poor at developing the skills necessary to be able to play that way. Because I mean, if we um, look back to Melbourne as well, maybe 2018, whenever they were average, was it 2020 even? Um, their skills were horrible. Mm. And then I think it was Mark Williams that came in, and um, yeah, they're, you know they're, they're beautifully beautiful kicking sides. So, mm-hmm. 
it, yeah, I, I really think there's some some coaching personnel issues that are having an impact uh, on the team. Uh, not not to say the personnel in terms of people need to go. I, I think there's just some some holes that need to be filled there uh, that can help us. Um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm not convinced that you can't if you've got someone who's good enough to play AFL. Uh, that you can't improve their kicking and you, and you can't improve that team-wise. I, I, I re- really struggle to believe that. Look, I, I agree with you. I think I think everything that we're doing poorly can be improved. But what uh, hurts my faith in the ability of this club to do it is that we had a preseason, and we've gone backwards after that preseason. Nothing got better. Not one aspect of our game, not one aspect of our play has improved from last year. So, yeah, it's possible to improve it, but I don't have faith that Essendon has the people in place to be able to improve that. I don't have yeah. faith that they've got the right people in the right positions. Well, that, that's exactly my point. That <laughs> We don't, and we, we need to... Uh, I, I think there's some coaching personnel issues or gaps. Uh, I, I don't... I mean, it's not to say I think Rutten, Carrot or GR need to go. Uh, I just think there's... Um, some other personnel uh, that we need in there um, to support that and, and sort of fill in the, the holes that are left there. Mm. I'm, I'm As we harp on every week, I'm concerned about not necessarily injuries. Um, I, you know, the rehab has been really poor. I'm really disappointed with it. But I just don't, we don't look fit. We don't look like a f- football team that is going to outrun their opponents and run all day. Yeah, I, I think my look possibly. Um, I th- I think at that level, um, it's, unless you're a really young, and, and we do have a young who just don't have the pre-seasons under their belt and the training age, um, or, or maybe well, maybe it's a cop out. But um, when you are chasing the ball a lot and you don't defend particularly well, um, and you, you know, you get beaten by sides because you're just not good enough. First thing people come for is fitness. It's just you, you're not fit. Whereas I don't think you know you can, you can actually be interesting. I was actually reading a piece of um, literature and it was saying that there was a, a correlation. There was like a negative correlation that as players got more experience, they would cover less distance but get more possessions. So I think mm-hmm. um, when you when you're falling apart tactically, you look unfit because you're just chasing ass all day. Because you, yeah, you're not in the right position. You're, the you're yeah. not reading the play well. You're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I, I think at that at that elite level, uh, I don't think oh, maybe it does, but I, I, I'd be, be if you're tactically poor and technically poor, our skills are, are bad. You can look unfit. Um, Rather than you know, categorically you are unfit. Um, yeah, uh, that's my opinion. I, I could totally be wrong on that. Mm. No, uh, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't think that's necessarily outrageous for you to say that. I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, and ultimately, we got shown up by a team that we've been trying to emulate on Saturday night once again. Their spread from the contest, their handball over the top, their running carry, is what I think we've been trying to do, and they just do it better than us. Um, and look, a big issue for us is is bringing the ball to ground in the forward line and then keeping it in the forward line. We just have not been able to do that at all 
in any game that I've watched this year. Adelaide cut us apart. Hawthorne cut us apart. Um, we just have not been able to generate scores from forward half turnovers and have any sustained amount of time with the ball staying in our forward line. Yeah, well, I get, I get that. I think that's a personnel issue. Mm. Um, I don't... Yeah, I, I, I currently think... Waterman, um, he, he's not a small forward. He doesn't have that same pressure ability that, say, Tipper had. Yeah. <laughs> and even a Will Snelling as well. So... Um, yeah, it's it is hard. It, yeah, if we that, it's another area of our list that perhaps we really lack is a, a good small forwards. Tex obviously has a little bit to go, um, but that 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 is a problem that uh, that that balance of, of how we look in the forward line. I'm not too sure that it's that conducive to keeping the ball in the forward line at the moment. Yeah, I agree, and I think um, the loss of Irving. Really hurt us. Mm. Um, I think he would be at a stage now where he'd be playing consistently, and that's a really good forward pressure player. And I know that um, there's two Davies that look quite good. I haven't um, I haven't watched them play personally, but the reports are that particularly Junior uh, looks really good. His brother's got an injury at the moment, but you know ultimately um, they could step in next year as first year players as small forwards often do. They, they can play straight away. And really, if they're creating a contest and, and a good goal sense, that might be enough to give us some energy to keep the ball in the forward line. But who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I haven't seen anything in terms of development that leads me to think that the rest of the team will come along where you can carry two first-year players um, in your forward line. Yeah, I would... Um... Um, given that, I, I would assume they have the sort of the height of their father. They probably have a pretty life frame uh, as well. So I, I don't know if they would be ready to come in first year. I think it will take two or three. I mean, you're asking, you know, 19 year old boys who are fresh off school to come in and play against uh, grown men. Like I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm fully. Well, that's, am I technically fully grown at 24 years age? Um, but I, you know, I, I couldn't compete with the the Jake Kelly. Now imagine nineteen year old uh, me or you <laughs> trying to do that. Like it would just be uh, far far beyond capability. So mm. uh, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, I wouldn't count on that. Um, no, no, I'm not saying that they're going to carry our hopes for uh, becoming a good football team. I'm saying that that potentially we add two small forwards of high quality in one draft that added on to Tex Wanganeen is suddenly a, a mosquito fleet of, of pressure forwards. Mm. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Uh, well, that's a, that's a real wait and see, isn't it? Now, but, yeah, it is. now we were uh, doing the old Essendon, uh, the traditional Essendon thing and start to dream and pitch and hope for the future, but uh, nothing ever eventuating right now. Mm. So yeah, look, it's a concern. Um, Richmond were a player down, and we still couldn't capitalise. We couldn't we couldn't control the ball enough to move them around, you know. And like in most of our games, we lost concentration for a quarter, and we let them get out to a six goal lead, and that was that was the difference in the end. Yeah, uh, just a yeah, um, quick question as well, just on the side um, before we're probably due for a break. But uh, Tommy Cutler, how did he end up in the side? I, I must have missed something. Ridley went out. Ah, uh, of course, of course. And uh, he came in as yeah. the emergency. Yeah, see, uh, that's another thing that 
if you're going to make a statement, I mean, do you think dropping Cutler was a statement? Because he had 20 and I don't know if he was... On the stat sheet, he didn't look that deserving of a dropping uh, against Sydney. But um, if you're going to drop someone, like, <laughs> probably drop him. You know what I mean? Don't have him. Uh, maybe that's unfair to say don't have him as an emergency, but... Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, look, one. like he shouldn't have been sub. Yeah, I don't know that it was it was a dropping as a statement, more a team balance thing. Perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Well, Maybe, that's different then. Yeah. You know, I I don't. It's it's hard to drop anyone because everyone's been so poor. Mm. So you either drop six or seven, which we don't have the cattle to come in and compete, mm. or um, or you drop one or two for a team balance. You know, like it's. It's Essendon's in a real bad situation in that it's round what? What did we just have? Round ten, and our season's over. Mm. You know, our season was over last week when we lost to Sydney. Mm. Um, so, what do you do? Do you do you use the rest of the games as sort of a chance to improve, or yeah, do you put everyone on ice and and essentially tank and play for draft picks? Who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, I doubt they'll be putting everyone on ice. Um, yeah, well, actually, adding to the S and then uh, father-son uh, forward line, you might have a Tom Hurd rolling around there as well. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, it's uh, going back to your previous point there. It's, it's, it's concern- <laughs> yeah, it's just not great, is it? <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. So, why don't we take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we'll have a chat about um, our next opponent. We know how we see this one playing out. Another seven to ten goal loss. Um, but what are we hoping to get out of the rest of the season? Because Port Adelaide, what do they do? They lost to Geelong um, yesterday. Um, what do we do? How, who do we bring in? Who do we take out? You know, what's what's the plan? How do we approach this game? Given our season's done. Given our season's done, what do we what do we do with the rest of the year, starting with this game? Um, look, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you you want to you just want to try and at least come out to the end of twenty two rounds with a some sort of formula that's like okay, we've actually collected some evidence to say that this uh, this works or this can work. So, I think from that perspective. Um, you know, we—it's cliche to say, but we obviously want to take it up to Port Adelaide. Um, but I think it's all you can really hope for is is to just collect some sort of evidence to say that we can actually uh, compete with a good side. Just mm. compete, <laughs> you know. And how mediocre it doesn't get much mediocre than, than that, does it? But uh, that's that's quite literally where we're at at the moment. Look, I expect Redmond to get a week or two. Um, for his hit on that Richmond flog. 
Um, mm. And Guelphie did a hamstring. So that's two changes minimum. Okay. Um, for me, I think you start playing kids. Um, so I'm not sure who we've got to come in. I think if Harrison Jones is anywhere near fit, I think he plays. Um, and you just get games into him. So for mine, Harrison Jones comes in, Caldwell comes in. Um, you give Hobbs a lot more time in the midfield. You give Perkins a lot more time in the midfield, actually at centre bounces competing. Brian stays in the side. Draper stays in the side for the rest of the year. Um, we've got to work out what we're doing with Aaron Francis. Um, if he's going to be on the list next year, then I'm happy to persist with him. Um, and for me, I, I think he deserves an opportunity. Um, but if, if they're thinking that he's not going to be on the list next year, then you play Kane Baldwin in his position. Um, there's not really much more that we can change. Um, there's... We can't give, you know, Tom Hurd a game. Um, Cody Brand, Josh Eyre look like they're they're quite far off it, so they're not going to play. Um, but ultimately, I think we're at the stage of the season where you just get games into players that you think are going to take you forward. So for me, Tex Wanganin plays every week. Um, you give Devin Smith time off, let his knee heal, get him ready for next season. Um, essentially... That's where I think we're at. You, you play the kids. Anyone... Like, I don't think you'll even bother bringing back Langford or Stringer this year. I think you just leave them out. Let them get fit for next year. If it was me. Um, well, there, I mean, there is downsides to have them... Just letting them rest. Um, yeah. I, I think if they can play, they, they should. Um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, don't risk them, but... Um, if you're going to try and, as we said, collect some evidence as to we actually have a winning formula, uh, we need them out there, uh, regardless of if we can play finals mm. or not. And I, I think there, there breeds a cultural issue there if you just sort of fly the white flag and go, ah, fuck it, you know, they don't, they don't play. So, Well, what's, what's to be gained um, from those experienced known quantities? What's to be gained from them getting playing consistently? Uh, as I as I just said, you, you, you collect some evidence uh, as a team as to say this this can work, and you know there there is some hope there that we can uh, actually play a brand of football, uh, and do have people available um, to uh, compete at the you know at the top level, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. at the top level of AFL. Um, I also think that there's probably some there are as you would have seen. Um, or we did see in 2021 earlier on uh, that uh, missing a whole season of football was a little bit of a different season in 2020 with reduced quarters and mm. stuff like that. It took players a little bit longer or there was maybe a little bit more soft tissue prevalence in 2020, soft tissue injury prevalence in 2021, given it had been a little bit, it had been longer since um, players had played uh, you know, full length, full whatever. So I, I think from that perspective uh, as well, um, it's better for them to play whatever they can uh, rather than uh, not. Mm. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Um, I, I just think that ultimately um, we want to get games into kids now. 
Um, mm. And, you know, you can do that with string applying. You can do that with length applying. Mm. You can do, but I don't think that's our priority anymore. I don't think we're rushing these players back to do soft tissue injuries again. To oh, no. You know no. what I mean? Yeah, not, not rushing them. Uh, uh, they need to be fit. They need to be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, where we're at in terms of our season uh, with um, two wins and sitting 16th, I'll be bitterly disappointed now if we don't end up with a draft pick inside the top three. Mm. And what are we picking? I think we're trading back and getting multiple first rounders. Okay. Um, because I think I th- the word is that, that Junior Junior Davey is a uh, first round pick. Yep. Um, so, so we need to bank some points. So I think you, you drop back um, and build your points and potentially, you know, trading that pick, the top five pick for um, an established player who can come in and improve our side, whether that is um, a Josh Dunkley, um, whether that is a key forward, you know, um, and then hopefully Junior is, is a top quality, you know, a top five pick worthy. Or you do the opposite and you bank later picks. You get someone within the top five and then bank points to take a junior after that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, look, it's getting grim if you're round 10 and you're discussing <laughs> the draft and, and list changes, etc. Um, but this is the reality of our football club. It, it, is, it is. It this is, is the it reality is. Of, of the drivel that we turned up in round one where... I felt like at that point, this is ominous and that this is going to be a very bad year. To turn up, and, and I know I'm still dirty on it, and I know I go on and on about it, and the listeners are probably sick of hearing it, but to be so uncompetitive in the first round of the season, for me, that was warning signs. That was mm. really clear warning signs that we are going to have a terrible year. And so far, that's come to fruition. Mm. It, it's, yeah. Concern as to where, how, how, and where it all went wrong. But um, here's a question for you. Now that we're you know pitching into the future, um, let's say uh, that uh, Sir James uh, he signed up at GWS. He's their new head coach. Do you reckon we get on the blow at a Clarkson as a as a, a senior assistant type operator? I would be hoping that we're already on the blow at a Clarkson, but I don't think Clarkson wants. That sort of role, I think Clarkson wants a head coaching role. Right? Would you? Because uh, why wouldn't he have stayed at Hawthorne? I think his time just sort of. It was time for him. You know, you know spent so long at an organisation. It's just time for him to, to go. Um, like yeah. it, you know, I, I think that happens with with anyone in any profession. Like you can't stay in one organisation for, forever. Hmm. Um. Interesting. Well, who, who, if we do think we need sort of a senior assistant type, uh, who who would would you bring a? Uh, I was going to say, would you bring her back? But that's just that's that's uh, that's enough. I would. Me personally. Right. I'd bring him back. I love Herdy. That's I don't know. That's necessarily the best best idea for the football club. But I yeah. would absolutely bring Herdy back. Yeah. Herdy, that's a shame, isn't it? He is Essendon. You know, well, that's that's where I perhaps see the you know they have a, a someone who was and as I said, I've read Lloydie's sort of uh, biography there and the standards in which Essendon players set for themselves during those years of you know two thousand and 
around that mark and, and who they you know who they were and, and and the club and all that sort of thing. That's probably something. Well, the the, the guidance of someone who was around that era and was the captain at that time is probably something that that lacks around the, the team. You, you and know, we know like a, we know he can get a lot out of players. We've seen it. Oh, the drug yeah. saga was a big issue. Um, and you know, for whatever, whatever you think of that, I saw enough evidence to know that this guy can coach. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about that. I mean, to play finals, well, he did enough in 2013, 14, uh, and obviously 15. It all sort of uh, fell apart. But um, yeah, I unfortunately, I think politics will. Uh, and reputation, uh, reputation, but just the the look of it, I think will keep him out. But uh, I'd be interested to see who who is a potential chance for us to snare as sort of a, a senior assistant type. Mm. 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 Well, Maddie, oh, well. it's it's grim being an Essence supporter, and I'm sure it the listeners have has had enough. Of course, we'll be back diligently after the Port Adelaide game. Um, where can people find us? Oh, do you even want to listen? Um, no, no we're, we're on Instagram, uh, DonFatherPod, or the DonFatherPod, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Whatever you're listening to at the moment, uh, keep listening on this platform. Perfect. Pod, Podbean. So, um, yeah. Oh, even uh, I think if just going back to my coaching point, I was about to wrap up. Uh, I'm just thinking about Carlton and how do they they still have uh, Diesel Williams on the on the um, the coaching panel? They do, they do. Um, perhaps that's maybe that's another a, a type you need. You know, obviously Mark McVeigh's taking over at GWS. Uh, probably has reached out to Dean Solomon uh, for some help, and obviously Hurdy uh, is, is is stepping more onto the coaching side as well. So, uh, or you know, that's a, the talk we're hearing anyway. So maybe there's one to snare, one or two to snare there. Uh, back to the club. Could be. Could be. Mm. Anyway. He's well, signing us off. What are you doing? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a pleasure, Matthew. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And until next time, go Dons. Go Dons.